Today we're talking about the two-episode premiere of Rabbit Hole, a thriller on Paramount Plus starring Kiefer Sutherland. You watched all of 24, right? Yeah. What was the best season in your opinion? I can tell you what it wasn't because I remember the worst seasons more than I do. The best, um, probably one of the first four seasons. Oh, no, the fifth season was really good. I was going to say. So, yeah, maybe even the fifth season. I Like Kiefer Sutherland said for this role that he took, like, all that he learned in 24 and basically did this. In fact, he even said on... You're saying he based his character off the guy from 24? Yeah. Quite different. Jimmy Fallon even asked him a couple days ago, he was like, would you do a 24 revival or reboot? And then Kiefer Sutherland... 24 rival, yeah. rival or reboot yeah and he said that he wouldn't be the reason that the show didn't return okay. so i mean he's, so he's open like to he's it open to it yeah it's kind of like how john wick is open to continuing his series yeah but going back to this show i was wondering i have like a list of tv shows here and i'm wondering how closely related they are did you ever watch the alice miniseries that came out in 2009 um no okay well then what about twin peaks Twin Peaks, yeah, from like the 90s and then also the reboot. But how closely related to it is Rabbit Oh, Hole? sorry. Um, uh, not so much. No. Not so much. Okay, Westworld? No. I have a I have my own list of TV shows that it's sort of like. Okay, I, I only have uh, two more. Yeah. Dark and VOA. None of those yet. Oh, wow. It hasn't gotten twisty yet. It's, it's, it's only episode two. Okay. It begins like a bunch of heist shows and crime dramas, actually. I'm talking about Leverage, <laughs> Slow Horses... Scorpion, Lie to Me, Kaleidoscope, I was gonna ask it about Surreal Estate, yeah. uh, The Company You Keep. What do all of those have in common? I mean, they all, some of them are comedies, but they all like have a, uh, a sci-fi. They all have a quirky team. Yeah. And they're usually headed by like a charismatic, but slightly narcissistic mastermind. And together as a group, they solve mysteries or steal things or catch murders. Right? Another thing you could say is that all the main characters, the, the kind of the leaders that you were just talking about, mm-hmm. always seem to be correct. <laughs> like, yes. They never yes. seem to be wrong about anything. Yeah, I was going to get there, but th- for sure, that's, and they're usually made up of a team with the tech whiz the intern the driver the eye candy you get my point yeah the main dude or main girl has put them all together and they're private contractors who don't necessarily work for the government but they take on clients from all over usually doing good right okay and so in the first 40 minutes of the 45 minute pilot here we're talking about both episodes but the first episode is just called the pilot we have john weir Kiefer sutherland and his assembled team of misfits going around conducting radically elaborate schemes in the middle of new york city at the behest of their clients big corporations that don't want to get their hands dirty for instance, these are some of the things that they do in the first episodes. They trick a Wall Street hedge fund manager into selling all his stake in a pharma company, effectively tanking the stock so that it can be bought back pennies on the dollar. The second thing that they do is they discredit an investigation of a company that is using child labor by making it look like the main official on the case, Edward Hom, is getting paid off. Now, what's cool about that is that it reminded me a lot of what they did in Better Call Saul season six. But... When it comes down to just the realism of the show, it's so, it's so much like Scorpion, where I just couldn't watch past mm-hmm. the first episode because of how like dumb it was that they were flagging down a plane. And uh, in this, they stage an 18-wheeler. Like, they get one of the guys to drive an 18-wheeler, break it down in the middle of Manhattan, and then get out and run into a different car and just drive away <laughs> and, so that they can... St- <laughs> 
cause like a scene so that like the lady that they're trying to get out of the car gets out of the car and then flags down their specific ta taxi cab and they have their own taxi cab at their own disposal mm -hmm. and he doesn't actually work for the taxi co company so he's just like pretending to be a taxi cab driver then he stops right in front of the building that she needs to be let out at and yells at her to leave and uh they they also fake being a police officer in a police uniform impersonating a cop right outside of a hotel it's like every one of these could be charged for like five years in prison right yeah and and yet they just do it like it's no big deal and like you said at the beginning they always get away with it so um it, it's just crazy to watch that happen there's the fbi who's already sort of onto them joe maddie she calls what they're doing corporate espionage while john says that it's he's just a consulting firm and uh along with the missions we get a lot of getting to know everyone but specifically john he's cocky he's paranoid always feeling like someone's following him he is getting followed but he thinks it's the fbi it's not the fbi he's stingy but at the same time he doesn't care about the big money uh he's got a childhood trauma where he found his dad shot in the head is that shown through flashbacks it is, is that, okay. it, exactly back flashes his dad was like a priest he sometimes goes back to his old house in the middle of the forest um he's divorced he has a kid uh, and he goes to the kids talent show in the first episode. He's going out with this girl named Haley who he meets at the bar and then he sleeps with her and then he accuses her of blackmail because he finds a bug in her room and he just doesn't believe that she would be with him. Now, the interesting thing about this is uh, that <laughs> John's character, I don't know how he's, how old he's supposed to be, but like Kiefer Sutherland, I thought was around 60. He's actually 56. But she looks so much younger than him, the actress who plays Haley. I, I thought ask. that yeah. she was going to be like 40. I thought that there was going to be a huge age difference. I looked it up because I was like, this is just weird. She's only 50, or she's 51. She looks like really good for her age. So this is actually like very normal relationship wise. And I was just being So you thought it was going ageist. to go the opposite way. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So, should I get into like his team now? Yes. No, I shouldn't because they're dead. Wait, what? Yeah, they mission impossible at the end of the episode. He was, so the he's walking towards dies. his 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 uh office and it just explodes. And so right when they're about to celebrate Tom, this thing that they keep calling Tom, and I I have to assume it's Tom Cruise. It's, right? <laughs> I was mission I was thinking I was again. thinking Tom's succession, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so turns out John was right to be paranoid the whole time, just about the wrong thing. His bestie from the past who hired him for that second job is actually into some deep shit. And the second job was the one where there, there was that government investigating the child labor th You said uh, laws. Edward Hom, right? Yeah, Edward yeah. Hom. And in prison break style, what happens is that on the news screen, suddenly John's face is everywhere because Edward is dead. There's pictures of him dead. And now John has to outrun a cop on a horse because he's in the middle of Times Square. Because, of course, he is. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds more like John Wick than anything I've seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually easier said than done. A 56-year-old man could just, like, dodge some corners, weave some blocks, and, and suddenly <laughs> he gets back to his team's office thinking, okay, they're going to be able to obviously show them, uh, show the FBI that I didn't do anything. They'll clear me. And boom, that's when it, it blows up, that whole top part of the building. And uh, and he has to find out like what happened, right? Yeah. So what does he do? He goes to where his bestie works, this high rise, big office data center building uh, where the guy works at the top floor. Obviously, he's dodging his calls right now. And uh, John like walks in with a bomb and that he just like made because he can do that. And so he gives it to the security guy and he's like, if you move or tell anybody about this, I will. And so he takes a security badge. He goes all the way up to the top floor, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. He confronts Valance, who immediately says, sorry, jumps off the building. 
Wait, what? Yeah, his friend just gives him a very sad look and then is like, I can't tell you anything, jumps off the building. And this is still the first episode. Still, very end of the first episode. Last five minutes of it, really. Um, and so the guy who played Balance was actually Miles, or Miles Balance is actually from Ozark. So it was cool to see him again. Um, and then that's when John decides he has to get out of New York. He does set off the bomb. It's just a tear gas bomb, though. So, oh, okay. like, it just clears the hallway for him. He gets out of there. He goes to his old, like, house, the one we see in the backflashes, and he goes down to the basement, and guess who's down there with him? Edward. Edward's tied up. He's not dead. Ed- Edward Hom? Edward Hom is still alive. And that's where we're left at the end of the first episode. And really, there's enough there that we could probably have delved into that for the entire episode. But we have to get into the second one, which is named At Any Given Moment, where we get more background on John. Um, we get more ridiculous hijinks like him waltzing into the police precinct in the middle of Manhattan and stealing evidence as the most wanted man in New York City. Like he just goes in there with confidence, you know, no disguise <laughs> necessary. Um, and then we also get more clarity on everything that's happening, which is probably the saving thing about the show. I was going to say, is that you're yeah. getting some answers. So because that paranoia that John has, apparently it is uh, genetic. <laughs> Wait, what? it runs in the family no i mean like we see a bunch of backflashes this is where we learn more about him um where it shows uh him and his dad and his dad goes from being like this good dad who was like teaching him stuff to like crazy man ripping the telephone wires out of walls while, while his uh, wife is like screaming at him to calm down you know and so we learn sort of that his dad may have been an agent for the government and that's why he was killed off or staged suicide or something like that right it's kind of um, like the night agent Yeah, maybe a little bit like the Night Agent. They're both spy thrillers, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so John pretended to kill Edward. We also learned this because we're like, how does he have this connection? Why is Edward there? Um, We thought at first, or I thought at first, that it was a prison break scenario where they had edited the video where John had like driven Edward away. But really, that was actual footage. And he just hadn't killed him. He had given Valance a photo of Edward dead because there's this big plan that they were, I think him and Valance and his team were like trying to set something up to like get out of the city or leave. But I don't understand why because they had money and it seemed like they were doing fine. Nothing really makes sense except Edward is alive, right? Yeah. And so he's just stuck in the basement there and John has two leads. One is Haley, the girl he slept with in the first episode. The other is that there is a survivor from the bomb, Kyle. He was the intern. He's barely even singed. And so everything is suspicious. Agent Maddie, the one who was looking into the corporate espionage thing, she comes in trying to like get her hands on like the evidence of what's going on with this exploded building trying to identify the bodies because she knows them and she sees kyle there and she wants to interview him but she's having to fight a lot of bureaucracy um she senses things aren't as they seem and she also knows but she knows that john is bad that's where her mind is going ultimately is that she has to arrest john um john on the other hand has decided to go after Haley, but then right before he's about to like kidnap her she starts to get kidnapped by these other people in the middle of broad daylight, who pretend to be FBI agents, but really what they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, tie their knots or like s- smooth things out so that if anybody like raises any questions that she won't be around. <laughs> it's pretty clear that Haley is just innocent in this, but John doesn't realize that quite yet. He jumps out of his car and he uses social media against the FBI wannabe people who are kidnapping her by like throwing a camera in their face, being like, I know what you're doing. You're not charging her with anything. And that causes the entire, everybody else who should recognize John as the most wanted man in New York City, but instead to pull out their phones and all do the same thing <laughs> until they're so distracted with having to tell people to, to move 
move aside that he's able to grab Haley, John is, and push her into his own car, and then they drive off, and Haley is just freaking out, right? Yeah, okay. All right, does all that make sense? Do I need to go into anything? No. Okay, so he brings Haley back to his safe house, the one with Edward in it, Jeff Bridges style, tied up in the back of his car. That's an old man reference. If <laughs> okay. Uh, he figures out that she's not evil because she keeps on calling him an incel or lonely every time he tries to <laughs> question her. She's just like constantly putting him down, being like, you, you just do this to get off, right? And he's like, what? <laughs> okay. So he plans to let her go. He drives her back blindfolded, tells her to leave, but then she doesn't want to go because she realizes people are actually after her. And she's like, I feel like I'm safer sticking with you. And this isn't Stockholm syndrome, I promise you. It's just for safety. And then he gives, he delivers this line under his breath. He says, Patty Hearst had to be easier than this. Now that is a funny joke. However, it is super dark. Like what happened to Patty Hearst that, oof. All right. This is where it suffers mostly from what the boys did in season two, where the criminals have their face plastered everywhere in New York. Um, and he's just treating it like spring break. Yeah. He keeps going back to the city. He keeps going back to the place that he bombed just a couple days earlier and sitting outside in a car and just staring <laughs> because he's like watching the, the employee, the assistant to Valance, the one who jumped off the building to find out if he could uh, expunge the, the knowledge of like who had hired them to set him up, you know? But then it also suffers the problem from Daredevil season one. Do you remember this? Harry Potter also had this conundrum where people are much more willing to die than even say who's responsible. So they keep giving yeah. the same excuse of like, you don't want to mess with them. They're everywhere. They could, they know everything, you know, mm -hmm. but like they'd rather die than just say a name. <laughs> say the name. Yeah. yeah. And so half of me believe that like maybe John himself is the bad guy and they just can't explain it to him because he wouldn't understand that like he's a be, jekyll hyde type that would be like a shutter island yeah well you, you were even comparing it to like some weird wacky shows like the oa and stuff yeah. like yeah but but it really is just a wilson fisk lord baltimore scenario he can't figure out who the evil person is quite yet he does know that valance fell off the uh, building because he confronts his assistant um with a key fob in his jacket and the key fob is now in police security evidence. So the only way to get there is to walk on in. And so John does exactly that. He gets out of his car. He zip ties Haley to the wheel so she can't really do much because he doesn't want her running away. And <laughs> couldn't Haley just like honk the horn or like... Yeah, but she doesn't want to leave. But he doesn't like 100% trust her yet. He still thinks there's a possibility that she should that she could be evil. Right. So he gets out of the car. He walks through the entire police department in front of a bunch of different agents, interacting with a bunch of them. But because he's confident, because he's on his cell phone, uh, no one second guesses it until he's about to leave with the box and he bumps into the main investigator who gives him a slight nod and then and then realizes who he is. But just as he's leaving with the box, right? That's when Kyle shows up. And Kyle's been getting these, the intern, um, he's been getting these texts from his boss who were led to believe is John, but at the same time, context clues tell you it's not. It's the other guy, the person who like blew up the building and all that. Um, and so he starts beating up John with his longboard. Like this is a kid probably just out of high school and he's just beating on John with a longboard. And that's <laughs> in the in broad daylight. The police are also trying to get out of the building, but uh, Kyle has locked them in. So how much of this show takes place in broad daylight? This because is, it seems like you Well, most them. of it does. Yeah. Unless you're talking about the backlashes or when they're in the, yeah, yeah, most of it does. <laughs> And so that's when Haley, at the very end, like runs over Kyle. Kyle's fine. 
Don't worry about Wait, him. What? Yeah, I mean, he's, it's, he's again, it doesn't matter. He just gets back on his longboard and goes away. <laughs> um, and, and but but you could tell that Agent Maddie was mostly confused because she knew that Kyle worked for John, and so she was like, <laughs> "What is what is happening out there?" John gets the key fob. They head back to the safe house. Haley and him do, and that's when they walk inside. And Charles Dance walks out, and and yep. <laughs> that's where John is like, "Hey, Dad." And so we find out that the dad was not dead the entire time. The person who got his face shot in was not his father or his father was replaced at some point, like with this other guy that his dad was a talking to. Guardian, yeah, yeah. I, there's a, the pros is that there are there's room for a lot of different theories. Mm-hmm. We even talk about that, like the first, first, first scene of the entire thing was him in a confession booth talking about three weeks later. Like we don't know exactly how he gets there quite yet but there like some of my theories are his co-workers since his co-workers we know set up the date with Haley. maybe his co-workers are evil the ones that blew up but they didn't actually blow up it's just an it's like a conspiracy where they've they've made their bodies look like that the other thing is that he john may have a brother because we've seen two kids in the back flashes but it's supposed to be like a younger version of him and an older version of him maybe it is actually two people John could simply have forgotten the plan. They keep on referencing a plan, which makes it seem as if possibly this was all supposed to happen. But like maybe he just has amnesia and doesn't remember the details of it. Um, it's a cool cast. Yeah, I was yeah. I, I was gonna say that I don't think it's a spoiler because it seems like the cast and even the people that worked on this show said it throughout. It's not only supposed to just be a twisty show. It's really supposed to deal with kind of misinformation, hence the name rabbit hole mm-hmm. it was created and directed by glenn Ficara and john requa they've worked on different movies like they wrote the cats and dogs movie <laughs> jungle cruise cats and dogs yeah wow. and uh i think they worked on i love you philip morris focus whiskey can whiskey tango foxtrot but i actually have a game here and i was wondering because these are other shows that they've directed um actually one is a movie even and i have like um a summary of it i want to see if you can guess what yeah, they yeah. are Okay, so the first one is, and again, this is all stuff that they have worked on. The captivating tale of a high-flying startup hailed as the next big thing in the business world and the individuals whose egos and ambition led to its ultimate downfall. Oh, uh, the super pumped or whatever no. No, no, no sorry 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 we crashed yes we yeah, crashed yeah, and they and uh yeah they executively produced and directed the first three episodes yeah the episodes that you watched next one is a touching and moving tale about the extraordinary journey of siblings their challenges and the events that unfolded within the course of their experiences uh something say that again a touching and moving tale about the extraordinary journey of siblings their challenges and the events that unfolded within the course of their experiences Okay, that just basically says that they're siblings and that they went through a lot of shit, right? Yeah. Um, that could be anything from supernatural to I don't know. This is us. Okay. Yeah. Including, oh, oh, of course, yes. And they all, all right. that includes the pilot. The third one is chronicles the life of a covert operative tasked with preventing Iran from acquiring nuclear weapons, leading him to take on a dangerous unofficial identity. You said him? Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like Tehran, but it could be. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shit they recruit. I don't know. What, what, what Patriot. They executively produce. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the last one is a film. A recent divorcee sets out on a journey of self-discovery within the help of an ally, learning to navigate the dating world and rediscover a sense of identity. Again, these plot descriptions are so vague or like bland. Like they just they, that just said that the guy is that there's someone who's dating who yeah, needs well, need help dating. I'm sure the show is just about that. But it's like, a film. It's crazy stupid oh, that, love. The 2011 oh, Steve Carell movie. Yeah, of course. When you Ryan say yeah, okay, yeah. all right, fine. Again, if yeah, okay. 
I know that when they were going through films that they were going to be doing for this TV show, the particular ones that they signaled out were Three Days of Condor, The Manchurian Candidate, Marathon Man, and The Parallelex Review. Yeah, I, it, the more that we talk about it, the more it's clear that John just forgot some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't know why or how. But, like, it would be cool seeing, like, all this play out if the New York scenes weren't as egregiously, like, unbelievable as they are if he had yeah. better ideas because like he he's supposed to be like a sherlock guy who can see the next few seconds in front of him so that's how he's able to avoid being recognized and stuff but it's just not believable you know yeah it's just well, not, you, you can't you, he didn't even yeah the show you're saying basically needs to be grounded in some sense of reality for you to no, really enjoy it no no i'm saying i was enjoying it it's just that there were certain scenes that just took me out of it a little bit um it was also cool seeing the treasury secretary edward hom again uh he, he he just can't catch a break. The guy who plays him, I recognized immediately because he was also set up in the Americans. Like he was just a nice guy there too. And but because of his government job, the wife pretended to sleep with him and then like set up an affair. I remember that storyline distinctly from like season yeah. three or something. And so it was really interesting to just see that guy also play a, sort of a victim here too. Well, it's Rob Yang. And have you do you recognize anything else that you've seen? Him I in? probably, but that was my the first go to. I only know him from six. Session. I also know that he was in the menu. I think that came out uh, last year. Who did he play in the menu? He was one. He was one of the people that went. He was one of the people who he, went. Oh, dude, you know who he was? He yeah. was one of the douche like bros. Yeah, with who, uh, Arturo Castro. Yeah, one of the three of them who who wanted to send their meal back at first or something. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to focus a little bit on the uh, ending twist. I guess you could say. Sure. Like, that's that still alive or that what? Uh, oh, no, the first, first episode? episode where everyone dies because it seems like a lot of streaming services, and I didn't know it until you said it, but it seems like a lot of them always do that, where it's like you have Mayor Condor. of Kingstown, mm-hmm. Condor. Uh, what was the show that? you watched with the airplane dear edward uh yeah but that one was i don't i don't know if i would put that in the same that's a way different show well yeah but i mean like you said that they kind of do deal with the i same understand thing what the you're saying part. yeah they it, this one i didn't care about the characters so when i saw them die i was happy <laughs> <laughs> i was happy the show didn't like tell me that it was just going to be a repetitive process every single scene uh the show overall has gotten good reviews it has like an on imdb wow. around a thousand reviews that's pretty good and then it has like a 74 percent on rotten tomatoes with a 96 percent audience rating i would give it a seven but i think i will continue to like maybe keep watching the last five minutes of every single episode because that's when it gets good it's only supposed to be eight episodes and you said you like bring up new york it actually wasn't shot at all in new york it was it had to have been it was shot they showed times square it was shot in ontario they showed times square you're telling me they built times square in ontario when it's so easy to shoot in new york like plenty of shows do all the time i mean that, that seems is. weird maybe it was shot in both places but it, you'll have to convince me more than just like a quick internet fact that it wasn't shot in new york the guardian gave the show four out of five stars entitled a key for sutherland's fun new thriller is like 24 but even wilder but then kind oh, of- well, i wouldn't call it wilder than 24 24 was the whole point was that it was just action i guess what they're talking about is that 18 wheeler where it just <laughs> Because it's impossible that you could cause an accident like that in the middle of Manhattan and that, like, there would be no repercussions for that. Like, there's security cameras everywhere. They would have been able to track down where the car came from. Like, all of that just leads me to believe that this this company would have held, been held when accountable. They, when they did the 18-wheeler scene or the scenes where they were cops, was it like a Now You See Me reveal type of thing where it was yeah, like where they, it was shown it, later on or was it shown at the time it was shown at the time but we didn't see the part where he then kidnapped edward at the end and then staged his death 
we we were led to believe that the whole point of the mission was that they wanted pictures of Edward giving an envelope to a lady, you know, okay. to make it look like he was in on something that he wasn't. Yeah, I'm just I'm just surprised because again, it seemed like this show. You know how shows sometimes do the like weekly murder thing where they kill off a character. Mm-hmm. From what I was reading and just from the way that the creators were talking about it, it sounded like this was supposed to be a show that every week was supposed to have a twist in that same vein. Yeah, what, yeah last five minutes. Yeah, Hollywood Reporter, however. They called it messy. They praised Kiefer Sutherland's performance, but still ended the article by noting it isn't enough to go down this rabbit hole. But finally, Decider has broken the streak that it seemed to be on whenever we were doing shows and said to stream it. So it's like you get this like weird mix to positive reaction, uh, but it seems like the audience seems to be a lot more into it than the critics were. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Anything else you want to say? No, that's about Thanks it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.